This week's episode of the Top Five Report, the podcast that casts magic missile at ninth level and doesn't use a calculator for all those D4s. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Hey, man. Here. How's it going? <laughs> it's going, dude. We have a. Nice. Uh, I got a lot of like watching, reading craziness, and then I have a lot of like news to cover. So. Um, I think we need to skip all pleasantries and jump right in, uh, <laughs> unless you've got something that you need to discuss. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing really IRL that's going on crazy with me, which uh, could be good or bad, depending on how you look at it. But um, I actually have a pretty short watching and reading, so it sounds like there's going to be a good balance there, because um, the only thing I really got a chance to watch is uh, I actually finally watched Free Guy, um, the Ryan oh. Reynolds movie. Um and I thought this movie was really great, to be honest. Like, I had a blast watching it. And it was one of those things where, first of all, the movie's hilarious. Like, it's it's a really fun movie. That's what I was expecting. But <laughs> the plot, I wasn't, nece- I wasn't necessarily expecting the plot to have as many layers as it did, if that made sense. Because I know it's like the movie's about a... You know, it's about a non-player character in a video game becoming self-aware and wanting to go do bigger and better things. And I just wasn't expecting the I'm going to spoil a little bit, but I wasn't expecting that him to end up building a relationship with any real world characters like that really threw me for a loop. And then you have the whole like programmer angle as well as like the evil corporate video game angle and there was just like a lot of really fun layers to this movie that i really enjoyed um the other thing i'll say is like i really liked in the movie there was a lot of references to other video games and other bits of pop culture but everything was super subtle like there's this one really cool action scene where towards the end Ryan Ryan Reynolds character ends up using like this uh, Mega Man arm cannon and it just comes out of nowhere. And it's one of those things like blink and you'll miss it sort of things. And I was like, well, that was a cool, like deep cut sort of reference they just threw in. And then as the movie goes on, um, the references start becoming a lot more apparent up to the point where they're just blatant in your face. Like this is like a huge reference that we're throwing at you. But when the references do start becoming more apparent, it actually has it directly correlates with how big of a uh, turning point in the plot you're at. And I just really, really loved that because there's the mind blowingness of like, OK, that's crazy. There's a cameo or there's a uh, appearance of like some, you know, pop culture object. And it's like super in your face and obvious. But that's also because it's like this part of the movie is that important to the events to the plot. And I just really loved that. You know, it's kind of the opposite of like, I loved ready player one and it's really hard not to compare this movie to ready player one, but ready player one 
has like so much pop pop culture going on like constantly. And this movie kind of had this weird like, you know, hold your punches till the end sort of pop culture reference treatment, which I actually really appreciated. So, um, Drew, I know you reviewed this movie. I don't know if you have any questions or any thoughts about it. I just thought well, it was overall, it was pretty great. I was going to say one of my watching things is I gave another pass to ready player one. I'm sorry, not ready. Player oh, one. awesome. I gave another pass to free guy. Oh, uh, perfect. <laughs> so, That's awesome. so I have, so I have rewatched the film since the theater. Um, yeah. And the references, what I love about the references is it's like, yeah, they're pop culture, but you need to know your video game. Not yeah, your absolutely games, your video games. And I'm not talking um, this is we're not talking your Donkey Kongs and your Super Mario Brothers. We're talking you need to know your video games. You know, when the mm-hmm. lightsaber turns into the horse uh, um, harvesting tool from Fortnite or the Halo yeah. Mantis that walks in the background or the Halo Scorpion or if and I'm, the, <laughs> and I'm kidding, I'm not kidding. Legit blink and you miss it. The Warthog is also in the game. But there's other references in terms of not just physical references so much as understanding the video how video game culture has become what it is today Um, absolutely and and that's where i was more blown away with it that's why in my initial review i said it's probably one of the most it's probably the best representation of video games period and i know they have those other classic games or other classic movies that deal with classic games but you need to get away from those classic games and real like video games have evolved. The culture is completely different. Here we are. And this is exact. And that movie represents it in a way that um, I was completely not expecting. And I loved the fact that it was essentially two movies with the layered um, with the layered story of this is all the stuff that's happening in the game. Here's one story. All the stuff happening outside the game. Here's the actual story, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually, I really agree with how you're saying, like, this movie represents video games. It's hard to say, but yeah, like better than any other movie we've already seen. And that's like it it really that's a really bold statement, but I really kind of agree. And the way they represented it, represented NPCs or non-player characters, like the way they represented them in general is just it felt so accurate to me because the way that. Ryan Reynolds, but especially like the other acquaintances that he knew and interacted with, especially towards the beginning of the film, they seemed I felt like I was watching something familiar, but I've never really thought that much into, okay, a non-player character in a video game would literally do the exact same thing. And you think of like in video games, like if a character is going up to a (laughs) like if they're going to a coffee shop or a random like taco truck or whatever, you know, whatever, like place they're buying food or drinks, all the characters walk away from that place with the exact same food or drink in their hand. But you never really think about that actually being a thing. And like, I just thought this movie, like, really expressed all those ideas um, in a way that felt familiar, even though I never really thought about it that much. And it's kind of really funny, but it was kind of just really cool how it accomplished that, you know? Yeah. And I love the, and I love the catchphrase thing. They all have their things that they say. So when Jodie Comer's character, uh, Millie comes uh, walking through the crowd of people, she's like saying the lines as they're saying the lines or whatever. Cause she's, she knows them so well <laughs> walking through that parts of the city, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's just really, really good. Um, is that all you watched? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Unfortunately, oh, okay. um, there's some other stuff I've been meaning to catch up on. But yeah, that free guy was like the main thing I watched this week. But uh, right. it sounds like you have a plethora of different I stuff. A, I, so. have a, I have a heavy plethora and the majority of my <laughs> plethora will lead into news. So I will. Um, let's see. How do I do this? OK, first off, I watched. All right. We'll talk about the big thing real quick. So um, this week marked the. um 20th anniversary of Xbox. Um, oh, wild. And uh, they did a big 20th anniversary press conference celebration thing where they kind of talked about the history and all that stuff. There's a um, there's a documentary coming out soon about the making of Xbox. Um, kind of like it. It looks like one of those uh, how the, to- the toys that made us kind of documentaries. Um, it looks really, really cool. Very well, like put together. And there's a story there that I didn't know. Uh, so I was kind of like, ooh, that could be a really interesting uh, film to watch. And then um, because it's the 20th anniversary of Xbox, um, shortly on December 8th, we will be getting uh, Halo Infinite, the next Halo game. Well, Halo was a launch title. Well, mm-hmm. they decided to, as a surprise to everyone, to say thanks for being fans and thanks for making the best last 20 years amazing. They gave us Halo Infinite multiplayer on the on Monday. Mm-hmm. So I was very like, well, I know what my week is for the rest of the week. Here we go. Um, <laughs> and it completely made me like, like, like literally I'm like, crap, I need halo time now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was, it's been awesome. It's been fantastic. And I'm really like, it was just exciting. And it was really nice to get back online with some people that I haven't played in a while with in a while. And it's just, it's like everything feels right with the world. So Halo has taken up a lot of my mental time. Like, holy cow. Um, That's awesome. So it's awesome. The game's fantastic. Everyone should check it out. The multiplayer is free. So there's no excuse to not check it out. Um, and then the campaign is what you're paying for. And that comes out December 8th. But the multiplayer, you can check out the game now. Like I said, free to play. Um, it's fantastic. OK, movie stuff. Um, the uh, I watched Red Notice. Uh, Netflix. Um, that is that, is, that's already out. Yes. Um, okay. I'll, go, that, I'll have to check that out soon. Yeah. Red notice. Here is a, the movie is really, really fun. Just from beginning to nice. end, it's a really fun, exciting movie. And it's funny. Um, the best way I can describe the plot to you, uh, without spoiling the movie is Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot are two competing art feeds. Um, and they're both, and they're both trying to steal this piece of art that has legit history behind it. So you actually get some cool, like Indiana Jones style history stuff while they're going through like the thieving part. Um, there are two competing art thieves. The rock plays an FBI agent who is teaming up with Interpol to catch both thieves. And in the midst of it has to team up with Ryan Reynolds to get Gal Gadot. Um, and the story, <laughs> story kind of goes from there. And that's really all I can say without spoiling the rest of the movie. Um, it's, it's a ton of fun. Check it out. Um, that's cool. I'm waiting for the fan fiction story that connects this to wonder woman and how Gal Gadot's work at the Louvre gave her the knowledge to, uh, become a famous art thief <laughs> or something like that. I mean, maybe. Um, And then the rest of this, the bulk of this, which will segue into news, is when we talked last, it was about to be Disney Plus Day. Yes. Yes, it was. There's a a ton of Disney Plus stuff that uh, 
dropped and a ton of news related stuff that dropped. So um, here we go. Disney dropped a ton of stuff. We'll get to the news to the announcements they made in just a second. Uh, first thing that I want to bring up is they released a Star Wars documentary called Under the Helmet, The Legend of Boba Fett. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. It is a short documentary. It's about t- almost 30 minutes. Um, it is really, really cool. A lot of it I already knew, but it was really great yeah. to see some really old stuff. And you get to see some really cool like merchandise and some of the old toys and you know that kind of stuff. So it was a really fun documentary to watch. Um, That's so cool, too, because – People our age like missed out on, uh, you know, we weren't around when, or I mean, I don't know. I Empire Strike Back came out late or early '80s, I guess. So I wasn't came around for in, it. So it came out in '80, 1980. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> I didn't know the exact year, but yeah, like I wasn't around to see a lot of that merch and stuff. So that definitely does sound like a cool touch of that documentary. You should you if you call yourself a Star Wars fan, you should be able to recite every year every movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> Because I can. well, I guess I'm not. <laughs> I guess I'm not a Star Wars fan then. No, I I, I, I know. I, um, hold on, real quick. Hope, and I know, of course, but I know someone. I know someone is uh, sitting there going, "Yeah, really? What is it?" So it's 77, 80, 83, 99, 2002, 2005, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. <laughs> um, so there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think it's one of those things that. Um, oh wait, it depends on I'm what's sorry. important to you about the franchises. But no, so, I hear you. <laughs> so, if someone does, so someone doesn't hit me with a wait, you forgot one. Two thousand eight for the Clone Wars. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so oh, no, it's it's all good. I, I was just saying like dates don't matter to me that much, but at the same time, like I could tell you the year Action Comics uh, number one, like first appearance of <laughs> yeah, Superman yeah, yeah. came out, and like the Superman movie and all that. But uh, yeah, keep going. I got you. Okay. So the documentary was really cool. There's a bunch of preview stuff in there. So one of them, they did a, it was like a 14 minute preview called Marvel 2021, which is interesting because the year is about to end. So what it was, what was really cool about this was it was showing like these little extended trailer clips of all the stuff. So it started with WandaVision then it showed Falcon Winter Soldier. Then it showed Loki. Then it showed, um, Uh, Is that the three we got? Yeah, those are the three we got. Then it showed like a clip of like Eternals and Shang-Chi and stuff. And then it cut and then it started showing clips of stuff we haven't seen, like Hawkeye. It showed a full scene from Hawkeye. Um, The scene was really cool because they did they did a really cool camera trick, which I haven't seen since the movie Children of Men. And it made me go, ooh, someone got really excited about that movie. (laughs) Um, But it's a really cool like in the car camera rotating trick when you see the clip or when you see the episode you're gonna know exactly what i'm talking about um really cool stuff but then they showed a clip of moon knight for example nice um and it's a short thing it's like a 30 second thing but it made you go ooh, look at that so there was a bunch (laughs) of stuff they showed and then they started flashing titles so real quick they started flashing titles at us okay so we got oh we got a a brief clip of uh she hulk as well um, mm-hmm. so we got coming from Disney plus, we have, I am Groot, Ironheart, secret invasion. What if season two moon Knight, miss Marvel, which we should, which we got a clip of she Hulk, which we got a clip of Marvel zombies will be a television show. Uh, Spider-Man, uh, freshman year will be a television show echo, which we talked about coming a few weeks ago, but we actually got to see the title card for it. 
Um, Agatha, House of Harkness, was really cool. So that's a show coming. And the one that really got my attention was X-Men 97, um, which is basically the extension of the uh, um, X-Men television cartoon show from 1997, which everyone hails as one of the greatest superhero cartoons ever. Um, And uh, so we're getting more of that. So that's awesome. Um, Disney also showed off. Um, they showed off the fact that we are getting, um, a rescue Rangers television show with, uh, John Mulaney and Andy Samberg voicing the, uh, characters of Chippendale. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Nice. <laughs> um, which I thought was I'm really curious, which one's going to play, which to be, I don't know if they've revealed I, that yet, but I know, I know. I agree. I, I got, I was like, Ooh, this is awesome. Um, and then I could honestly have... see it go either way is why I said that. But yeah, yeah, keep going. And then as much as I don't like this, we're getting uh, Pinocchio live action um, uh, Disney movie for Disney Plus. I just I'm not a fan of Pinocchio, but it's worth mentioning that. What? Live action. <laughs> OK, so last last week you said you weren't a fan of Snow White. Snow White. Now you're not a fan of Pinocchio. <laughs> so I feel like it's just all the really classic original Disney movies you don't like. What's going uh, on here? Uh, Pinocchio and Snow White are my two least favorite Disney movies. I just say both those. <laughs> um, well, I can see it. I know like storytelling was a lot different, like back in the what late thirties, early forties sort of thing. So maybe that factors in. I don't know. I know uh, Pinocchio, especially I think kind of veers off in like a lot of weird bits and stuff, but I do appreciate the movie mostly from an animation sense. So, Uh, But yeah, keep going. (laughs) Um, And then they also announced uh, Hocus Pocus 2 will be coming to Disney Plus for you Hocus Pocus fans, um, which I thought was cool because the cast is returning to do it. So that's awesome. Right. Um, And then uh, a couple things got announced. um, Exclusive uh, Winston Duke. Okay, I feel like this is a little bit of a spoiler, but we all have been very curious to see what was going to happen and how this was going to play out. the question is, who's going to be the new Black Panther in Black Panther 2? Yeah. Um, I, for some reason, was totally expecting it to be Shirari, his sister. Um, but it sounds like, and this is an exclusive, um, and this comes from Giant Freakin' Robot, so I don't entirely know how true this is, um, but exclusive Winston Duke is the new Black Panther. Winston Duke um, played M'Baku, um, the other like clan yeah. leader or whatever, and he'll be the new one. Um, he is uh, following the actor's tragic death. The story of the sequel now need a new hero to take on the responsibility. No one now one of our trusted and proven inside sources has shared to that will be um, who that will be. Marvel has decided that M'Baku, the character played by Winston Duke, will be the next Black Panther. Um, I I kind of want to say I don't know if that's true or not. So I'm kind of like kid gloves taking that information and saying this is a potential rumor because I don't really know where giant freaking robot street cred goes in terms of correct <laughs> um, in terms of correct <laughs> sources like this. I really don't. Yeah, no, and, I understand. And where we're all like kind of curious if they're right. That's awesome. That's cool. But at the same time, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I was um, I mean, personally, I was kind of hoping Shuri was going to take the spot. But uh, like you said, we don't know how credible this is. So um, either way, I think they could craft a story to make sense for either of those characters. But um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I do think Shuri's like a really 
likable, like really cool characters. So I don't know why they wouldn't have her do it. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see where it goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, all right. And like I said, Disney Plus Day kind of segues into news. So there's a lot of stuff dropping. Um, Mm. They also had um, they also had a Obi-Wan Kenobi sneak peek. Um, it really, yeah, I, I, I did watch this earlier today. It so. wasn't, tra- <laughs> it wasn't the trailer. It was more yeah. a, um, uh, sizzle reel of them talking to the camera. You could see some like, yeah, lightsaber training and a whole bunch of concept art. Either way, it made me excited. Um, and, uh, I they, was, they, I was a little they, bit, I a little bit felt like they didn't show enough new. And I don't know if that's just because on the show, we talk about this enough that I kind of knew a lot of the information already just from like stories and stuff we've talked about on the show. Um, so that's where I was a little bit like, I wish they showed us like some piece of concept art that was just mind blowing, but I understand like the show is not out yet and I'm still pumped for it. You know what I mean? It just left me wanting a little bit more, I guess. Yeah, I will agree with that. Um, so I, it made me it made me go. It should have been longer. And I feel like the Star Wars with all the Star Wars stuff that's coming next year. I really feel like at this point in 2021, they should have given us way more Star Wars previews to get us excited for the number. Because we have we have Ahsoka, Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Andor all coming next year on Disney Plus. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like yep. a combo that with the Marvel, it's like I don't have time to watch anything else but Disney Plus, which ultimately <laughs> is their goal. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. So, I'm yeah, kind of just, hoping that they they're going to space that out, though. Right. It's not going to be like everything drops around Christmas Well, because <laughs> no. that would be pretty daunting. <laughs> yeah, I don't think everything's going to drop at the same time. I know Boba Fett's at Christmas, so we're getting that right away. Um, that's the closest one we're getting, but I don't know the release for the other ones, but it's still like, holy cow, there's so much Star Wars coming. Why wouldn't you show us more stuff on Disney Plus? Yeah, um, absolutely. In the midst of Disney Plus, I did rewatch Shang-Chi, so it was really nice to watch that again. Um, I was kind of bummed that for some reason, because it does the, you know how on Disney Plus when you watch the credits, it eventually shows you the next thing you should be watching? Yeah. It kind of skipped over the final bonus scene. I was kind of bummed about that. Um or maybe I didn't or maybe I was like, well, crap, it's not going to show it to us and turn it off too early. But I was like, wait, what? There's a bonus scene there. Um, so, yeah, there are two bonus scenes. If someone can figure it out, you're more power to you. Um, <laughs> but I've seen it. So it's not like I needed to see the bonus scene again. I knew what it was. Um, what you need to do is you need to pause the Blu-ray right before that bonus scene and then go watch it on Disney Plus and then switch back to your Blu-ray player. To, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't even it's not even out on video yet. Right. But I no, just think it'd be out, funny. Uh, if, like such November, a ridiculous November, scenario. November 30th, it'll be on uh, Blu-ray. Um, oh, perfect. Then in terms of Disney Plus, I also watched there's so much stuff to there's still content I haven't gotten to in terms of what they dropped. But I did watch Jungle Cruise. Um, How is that? that? And that will end the list of my watching stuff. Um, So Jungle Cruise with The Rock and Emily Blunt Um, and Jesse Plemons. He's in the movie, too. And then Paul Giamatti is also in it. Um, The movie was really, really fun till about two thirds of the way through the movie. And then the movie got very Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, and that's a bad thing. 
it got very Pirates of the Caribbean in the weird CG kind of sense. Okay. And I was like, I got bored. And then the movie picked up near the end and it was fine. But it was it was just kind of weird how it all, I guess, I don't know. I was all in for a while. And then when it started turning into Pirates, I was like, mm, I, this, I feel like we've done this movie already. You know what I mean? Like, it was just... <laughs> Um, well, I feel like I do feel like a lot of movies have that sort of two thirds of the way through they start to lag. Like, I feel like that's a common problem with a lot of different stories. Um, so I could definitely see that happening. I was just kind of curious, yeah. you know, how it was. But, yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> um, I will say that um, the movie, like I said, the movie was really fun overall. And the opening of the movie is probably one of the funniest parts because if you've ever been to Disney World and you've ridden the Jungle Cruise ride, the movie is that opening bit of the movie is the ride, which made me laugh um, and just focus on the nostalgia of being on the ride. And when I say that, when you get on the Jungle Cruise ride, you're taking a Jungle Cruise through the Amazon rainforest and you have a tour guide. And if you've ever been on one of those like bus tours where uh, the guy talks and tries to make jokes and thinks he's funny. Um, that's exactly exactly what you get on the jungle. It's, it's not a, and he tells a lot of dad jokes. He's not the guy on the jungle cruise is not like when you go on, when you're in the park, it's an actual guy. It's not like an animatronic thing. It's an actual guy telling the jokes and giving you a tour through the Amazon. And then when the hippo hits the, when the hippo comes up out of the water, it's an animatronic hippo. And, you know, the, the natives in the woods, it's all like actors or animatronic and stuff like that to make it, you know, make you seem like you're in the Amazon. And it's really clever and well done. So in this movie, The Rock is the tour guide and he's telling all the dad jokes and people are like groaning and like the one girl, like, <laughs> they make it stop. And then The Rock's like, oh, wait here, look at this. And then he has like he hits a he cuts a rope as they go past it. And the fake hippo that he built comes out of the water. like <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, it's really funny because he's just trying to make it. He's just trying to make money, giving people tours on the Amazon and then he gets roped into this adventure. Um, <laughs> so there was part of me that I was like, I've been to Disney. I've been on the ride. This is hilarious. Um, and it's like the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> <It's> just so... <laughs> I just like I, I like the vision of like because I've been on a lot of guided tours in my life and. I've never had a tour guide that looked anything like The Rock. (laughs) (laughs) And I just love this, like, huge, like, shredded, like, badass of a dude just being your tour guide is pretty funny. But uh, there was one joke he told and the and the group just kind of turned and looked at him like, what? And he's like, you see, it's funny because and he explained the joke. Even as an audience member, you're like, yeah, I got it. Um, And then you saw what was going on. It was really funny. It was well put together. Um, Nice. So that actually now, because of all the news and nonsense, that actually ends my um, watching, reading, playing category. (laughs) Oh, we were still on watching. I didn't realize. Oh, I know. I told you. it I I thought you were going through some top five list or something. I didn't know what was going on here. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm kind of all over the place tonight because of how it's segued. And I'm like, that's weird. And I know that as soon as I get off the record tonight, I'm going to be hopping on Halo Infinite, you know, playing some more. (laughs) So nice. um, But anyway, let's continue with the news. Since we're on Disney, let's talk about some Star Wars uh, related stuff. Uh, Star Wars slash Marvel related stuff. Okay. Um, first off, uh, so there is. So we talked about Patty Jenkins 
uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie being shelved um, because of a scheduling conflict. And then someone said it was shelved indefinitely. Now, um, uh, let's see. Now they're saying Star Wars Rogue Squadron is reportedly delayed due to creative differences. Um, It's going through production delays due to creative differences between herself and Lucasfilm. Um, It's reported uh, that Patty Jenkins' Starfighter pilot-focused film won't be filming in 2022 and was delayed indefinitely. This scares me because when they said they were going to make more Star Wars movies, the first thing that went through my brain was make Rogue Squadron because, holy crap, that's one of the best areas of Star Wars. We need to make this movie. Um, Yeah. Okay. So that upset me a little bit. So I'm hoping that's not true. And then I read this Um, before I read this story, uh, before I talk about this real quick. One of the things we heard post before Rise of Skywalker came out was that Ryan Johnson, who wrote and directed uh, episode eight, The Last Jedi, was asked by Lucasfilm to write a whole new Star Wars trilogy that takes place somewhere completely different within the realm of Star Wars. So it's all new stuff. Um, and that's a project that's been really quiet. They haven't talked mm-hmm. about it at all. It's been its own thing. I didn't even know if it was still going on, to be honest. No one did. No one's been hearing updates. Yeah. Time. So it's all been like, well, but you're writing a trilogy and you're trying to do your homework. Right. And you're dealing with like some of the fan backlash of like not liking Last Jedi and uh, Rise of Skywalker and saying that Disney's messing things up. There is that, that backlash out there. <clears throat> so. We're wondering what's going on with that. Well, this Patty Jenkins Star Wars movie getting shelved. Now it's Patty Jenkins Star Wars film has been shelved. And according to Newport, uh, New Report, so has Ryan Johnson's Star Wars film. Crazy. So now they're saying both of them are shelved indefinitely. And it just makes me go, what's going on over Lucasfilm? And maybe that's why everyone's being quiet right now. Um, we know this. We know this. The Taika Waititi Star Wars film is apparently coming. Still, like we haven't heard a lot. We haven't heard anything about that. We have these great yeah. shows that are forthcoming, all being handled by Dave Filoni and John Favreau. So we have all these shows coming, and we have the Kenobi show and all that stuff. All the focus seems to be on the shows, and there were reports a while back about Dave Filoni and John Favreau basically taking over Star Wars. And I wonder if that's where those other films don't line up. I really don't know. And I'm really kind of curious to see how that unfolds. Um, So as I learn things, I will definitely bring them up here. Um, But as a fan, I really, really want that Rogue Squadron movie. So either figure out your creative differences or get us another director. I don't know who wrote that thing. (laughs) Come on, get us this Rogue Squadron movie, you know? Yeah, well, I was just thinking about how... When it comes to, uh, I remember hearing about uh, Gareth Edwards when he was working on uh, Rogue One that there might have been, may or may not have been some creative differences with the studio. Now, he wasn't axed from the project, but I, it sounds like the studio might have had a hand in like the final edits of that movie and some of the reshoots and stuff. And then I think about like uh, Solo, you know, uh, Peter Lord and Chris Miller also had creative dis- differences with the studio, but both of those movies were side, you know, side stories, just like Rogue Squadron, you know, was set to be. And both of those movies turned out great, <laughs> uh, honestly. So I just didn't know if, like, that's what this story was leading to. But it sounds like it's honestly just leading to, you know, this project is going to be shelved, which really does. It really sucks, you know. 
the silver lining though is like Dave Filoni and um um oh why can't I think of his name? The other the two who who you were just saying that we're gonna John take Favre. over Star Wars. Yeah, John Favreau, the the easiest one to remember. <laughs> yeah, both of those um taking over that's kind of that might be a silver lining here, you know, and I think the Star Wars TV shows, The Mandalorian, um, for sure. Um, I think those have just been super well recepted by the fans, and maybe that's just why they're focusing on this. So I don't know. I guess I have high hopes, but I think it's going to take a while for us to kind of see what their plan even is for their movie slate, you know? Yeah, and I agree. Um, so either way, we got some great TV coming and it's still the best time to be a Star Wars fan. So, um, yeah, um, <laughs> let's let's hit some Marvel stuff real quick. OK, we have a Doctor Strange movie coming, right? Yes. Um, all right. On July 6th of 2021, Hugh Jackman was reportedly um made some jokes and teased about coming to the MCU. And there's some sources out there that rumor this was a possibility in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, uh, why uh, the black magic? What black magic did Disney use to convince Hugh Jackman to dust off his claws? In short, rumor thinks it's Patrick Stewart because Marvel Studios had a silent meeting about with Patrick Stewart, and there's been very quiet about possible involvement in the MCU. Okay. Um, so right now, there's a rumor that Hugh Jackman is expected to return as Wolverine in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse <laughs> of Madness. Um, yeah. The film has gone recently through extensive reshoots. It has worried fans, and I'll say this, every movie goes through reshoots for various reasons. It doesn't always mean bad stuff. However, everyone thinks it's because of Hugh Jackman's involvement. Um, and right now it's kind of unknown. Um, the sources have been varying, but they all say that this is a very solid rumor. So as of right now, I'm going to say take it as rumor. But how amazing would that be to see Hugh Jackman dust off the claws for Doctor Strange? <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just hoping that it's a uh, cameo that's really similar to I think it was X-Men First Class where Hugh, Hugh Jackman had like the best cameo ever in that movie. I just hope it's something similar to that. <laughs> oh, like uh, which which movie did you say? I think it's X-Men First Class. Is that the one where they try okay. to get him to join the team and he basically tells him to F off or whatever? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. And maybe it'll be that subtle. Speaking of Hugh Jackman, did you catch his cameo in Free Guy? I don't think so. Oh, well, you need I, to get and, I, and I, I think I think I need to. Re well, as we were talking about it earlier, I was just thinking I need to go. I need to rewatch it because I enjoyed it so much the first time. But I know there's, you know, tons of references and little video game tidbits I missed. But I don't think I remember his cameo, unfortunately. Well, you got to remember that Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds have a deep rooted friendship. And oh, absolutely. Uh, they have a deep rooted rivalry at the same time where they like to rib each other and make jokes and stuff like that. And if you look at all the Hugh Jackman references Ryan Reynolds makes in his movie, uh, Hugh Jackman is in Free Guy. You need to know where to look, but he's there and it makes me laugh. Every time. <laughs> so in the two times I've seen the movie, it makes me laugh. Absolutely. Um, so um, Tom Holland 
I think he's getting bored with Spider-Man. <laughs> um, he keeps saying he wants he'll play Spider-Man till he can't play Spider-Man anymore. And yeah. uh, I think he's getting scared over the fact. I think honestly, reading through some of this, I seriously think um, he had a big interview with GQ and he spoke about his uncertainty about the future, whether he'll move on from the character or not, or whether he'll be continue acting or ap- after a certain point just stop acting. Um, he said, and I quote, if I'm playing Spider-Man after I'm 30, I've done something wrong. Well, <laughs> there's an issue. I don't where, know about that, but well, there's an issue that you get for the fear of typecasting. Um, if you look at character actors like Daniel Radcliffe, it doesn't matter what that guy does. He will always be Harry Potter. Um, Mark Hamill will yeah. always be Luke Skywalker, no matter what he does in his life. It just these things happen, right? Well, I think Tom Holland, to be completely honest, when I was reading through this, I don't know if it's so much of him being uncertain about Spider-Man so much as he's uncertain about his career as Spider-Man, because as of right now, he has no contract to continue. Oh, you know, yeah. You know what I mean? To our, to our knowledge, he has no contract. Once no, once no Far From No Way Home comes out in theaters, that's the last Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland for right now. He did mention in the article about doing um, – He's like, maybe it's time for a live action Miles Morales. And maybe that's the case. But at the same time, maybe it's not, you know, every we just got Tom Holland and everyone loves this guy. Like, yeah, maybe we do need a live action Miles Morales. But we finally got a Spider-Man with an actor who wants to continue playing (laughs) Spider-Man. You know what I mean? So it's like, Mm -hmm. let's let's keep rolling with this guy. He doesn't want to go anywhere. Um, I, I just think he's to be honest, like reading through it, I just felt like he was kind of scared. Like, I don't know what happens next, and I don't know what to do about it. Um, yeah. He is a young guy, though, so I totally get it. Um, he did say that he would like to be James Bond. <laughs> okay. Um, he, is, he is American, right? No, he's British. <laughs> no, I mean, Tom, Tom uh, Holland is, right? Tom Holland's British. Oh, really? Yeah. Why did I? <laughs> I guess I haven't watched a lot of interviews with him and stuff. I just assumed he was American for some reason. Okay, never mind. Maybe he could play James Bond eventually. He definitely has. What's cool about that is he does have like that really good. Like he can do like acrobatics and stuff. So maybe he'd be a perfect person to to play James Bond. Maybe when he's a little bit older than he is now. But uh, what were you saying? First off, first off, we just got off Daniel Craig, James Bond. There will be no more Daniel Craig, James Bond. That said, because they don't know what they're doing with the franchise and picking the next actor, I have a feeling we're not going to have a James Bond for a while. I think that franchise is going to let rest for a little bit before we get another one. Um, I think so. I think Tom Holland needs to grow up. And I don't mean that on a maturity level. I mean, that is a, he needs to physically grow up. He still looks like a kid. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's his physical appearance because James Bond, I feel like, always has a sort of distinguished look that I don't think Tom Holland has yet, but you know, maybe he will in um, so many years. I was going to say 10 years, but I don't know if that's jumping the gun a little bit. And I don't want to discourage the kid from playing James Bond before that, but I just don't know if he has the look yet, but knowing what he can do in action movies and seeing some of the behind of the scenes stuff he's done with Spider-Man and like his training and literally just how good of like a, uh, acrobat or gymnast or however you want to classify it, like his skills with that, I think he would be a good candidate someday. So that's a really interesting prospect for sure. Yeah. Now that being said, 
The Rock also wants to be James Bond. <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I know. I maybe, know. maybe you got to spend some more time uh, being the Jungle Cruise tour guide, buddy. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I saw that and I was like, uh, I don't know. But I think, like I said, I think James Bond's going to sit for a while. I think No Time to Die. No, in all seriousness, I've only seen the movie once. But the more I think about it, No Time to Die, I really do think is my favorite James Bond movie of all time. The movie is so absolutely incredible. It's still raking in the dollars over in uh, England and overseas. And I really think that because of the success of this movie, they're not going to trounce on that and go, let's just rake in the dollars. I think they're going to be real smart about what they do picking the next Bond. Um, and that's the best possible situation, to be honest. Um, yeah. Something I was just thinking, like, if you were a major movie actor in Hollywood or something, like just you yourself, Drew, and somebody walked up to you and said, like, you know, they're asking you questions. And I said, given the opportunity, would you like to play James Bond? You know, what would your response be? Because <laughs> mine would be, hell yeah, I'd play James Bond. And then all of the sites on the Internet can write a slew of articles about it. And I'm just wondering if the... The rock answer to that question came from something like that. Like, hey, would you play James Bond? Like, of course I would. You know, I'm not British. You know, I don't you know, I on paper, I wouldn't be. But, yeah, given the opportunity, of course I would sort of thing. So who wouldn't play James Bond given the opportunity? Absolutely. Um, There. So (laughs) let's go from James Bond. Let's talk about three movies that I'm. I, I just I, I don't know what to say about this. Um, well, one of them, one of them <laughs> I'll say it's cool. So we'll save the cool one for last. Um, Mel Gibson. Focus, Focus three is coming. Out. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, uh, Mel, Gibson, Mel Gibson is going to direct Lethal Weapon five. OK, um, you're uh, not excited about this at all or I, I really I just I don't know what to say. <laughs> I really I really don't like it's just. It's it's kind of like when you look at the theater short of the Marvel short of the comic book movies. I don't know what year it is anymore because I have my ticket to go see Ghostbusters on Sunday. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like all these movies, like it's just it's another sequel. It's another reboot. It's another sequels and reboots. And yeah, yeah, like, you know, and we 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 joke around about how Hollywood doesn't have a lot of original stories right now. And people will say the comic book movies aren't original stories, but it's a, it's an art form that's being ported over, if you will. So like for people who don't read comic books, everything's <laughs> original, you know, um, I would, I would take a new comic book adaptation over a reboot of like a classic eighties movies, movie, like any, any day. Like, I feel like the reboots are getting out of hand a little bit, but you know, yeah, a lot of these comic book movies are direct adaptations in a lot of ways from the comics, but still like I would rather have that because it's something I haven't seen on the big screen yet. You know, I don't, right. I don't always want, you know, my favorite movies from the past to be remade a lot of times in less memorable or, you know, remade, remade less well as they were before. So I kind of just Correct. derailed the conversation with that tangent, but uh, you That's can okay. keep going if you That's want. Right. You know. um, can I ask you a question? Sure. Who is your favorite? Yes, I would play James Bond. No, oh, okay. <laughs> what were you saying? Who is your favorite Catwoman or actress that's played Catwoman? I know you haven't seen the Zoe Kravitz version yet, but short of her, who is your favorite Catwoman? Oh, man. Okay, so this is 
And I'm not trying to get you to rank. I'm just like blindly. No, I know. No, I know. It's it's hard to say because I want to say I had the most fun watching Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm -hmm. But as far as like just an acting performance, I thought Anne Hathaway was the most impressive. Uh, But if I was going to say if I was going to say my favorite, I probably still would pick Michelle Pfeiffer. And you know what? My my uh, opinion would be real close to the same as yours. Uh, who's your least favorite Catwoman? (laughs) I'd probably go with Halle Berry, but I haven't even seen that movie the whole way through. (laughs) So that's an unfair review, you know? Well, I don't know if it's an unfair review because Halle Berry wants to direct an inclusive Catwoman remake. I mean, has she directed (laughs) anything else? Is there anything to compare it to? Hold on. Hold on. It's the way you said, I mean, like you're all for this all of a sudden or like, no, I'm just trying to be like, I'm just trying to be fair. You know, like I said, (laughs) I haven't even watched the full original Catwoman movie, so I'm not trying to like ignorantly like just crap on this idea. But I didn't know if Halle Berry had directed any movies or anything like if there's anything, you know, maybe she's a really awesome director and she could do a great Catwoman. You know, I'm not going to necessarily say. She couldn't. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on this story. Well, she says, I worked really hard to be Catwoman. I did the work. The disheartening part was that I didn't direct it. I didn't produce it, nor did I write it. I was just the actress in it. Well, that's the thing Uh, is that any complaints I've ever heard about that movie didn't have anything to do with Halle Berry herself. It was like, oh, well, the costume's dumb. The movie's (laughs) dumb and stuff. But I don't think anybody was that against like her as an actress being in that role? Maybe I'm you know, wrong, but you know, you're, you're fairly right on that one because I don't remember people complaining <laughs> about her. I just remember me going, wow, they got this way wrong. Way <laughs> Absolutely. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> when compared to the source material, of course, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. All right. Two more pieces of news. Um, all right. I'm going to still save that cool one because I think it, eh, I'll, all right, I'll save the other one. All right. We have. Do you remember that we have a Predator movie coming out? <laughs> no. You don't <laughs> remember? We have. We have an, <laughs> Maybe I don't. I don't. I can't remember. Well, check I'm this sorry. Out. This is what. This is why it caught my attention. I knew we had another Predator film coming. So yes, it's another sequel, reboot, remake, however you want to yeah. call it. The thing that caught my attention was that the headline read: "Disney reveals title of new Predator prequel film set for 2022." And I thought to myself, Disney reveals. And then I remembered that Disney yeah. owns certain properties and Predator is now owned by Disney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the prequel and there's, there's, there's literally just they're revealing the title. The okay. title of the new Predator prequel film is going to be titled Prey. Um, OK. That sounds awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm not totally against it. It's kind of a. Uh... I'm just glad it's not Predator or Predators like. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. Well, I just thought it was cool that they're going to flip that. And I don't know what that means, but it made me the title by itself made me excited to see the trailer to see what they're going, what they're planning. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I think it's a clever title. I'm I'm not against this <laughs> at all. Yes. All right. Now, here is the big news. If you didn't hear it, I know that you're going to be way more excited than I am for this, <laughs> okay. even though even though I will most likely still watch it. Daniel Radcliffe, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson, and several other returning cast members of Harry Potter will reunite for HBO Max reunion special. 
Oh, nice. Okay. For a, for a 20th anniversary reunion special. My guess is when I read this, there's not a lot to it, but it's really like my guess is it's going to be a lot like the Friends reunion. I would assume so as well. Um, because I had a friend of mine start texting me immediately. Did you see this? And I'm like, yeah, I seriously think it's going to be like the Friends show. It's not going to be like how they did it with Friends. I don't think it's going to be like a movie. If it was a movie, the <laughs> announcement would have been way different. Um, yeah, I mean, if it was a movie, it would be a full blown yeah, you're right. It would be a different announcement. We would probably be getting a teaser trailer. It would be a full blown big budget. Um, I guess it would be really similar to the storyline of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the uh, play that, uh, you know, that's going on overseas, um, which I haven't seen myself, but I've read the script. It's uh, it's a really fun story. And, you know, it deals with all three of those characters as parents while their kids are uh, attending Hogwarts. But um yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I feel like I vaguely heard about this. Like I might have seen a tweet or two about it, but I didn't look into it super deep. But yeah, it would be fun to see those uh, see a reunion about this. I I like all, you know, uh, the, all three of those main actors uh, quite a bit. And I haven't seen them in anything super notable, notably in a while. Oddly enough, I feel like I see more of Daniel Radcliffe than the other two. Like he just pops up in these random crazy looking indie films like uh, Guns Akimbo and <laughs> crazy <laughs> stuff like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm down for this. This is a cool story, you know? Yeah, no, I thought you'd like it. I'm probably going to watch it just specifically because it's going to be a 20th anniversary special and just like the world is still became what it is, you know? What and I this mean? is the 20th anniversary of uh, the first Harry Potter movie then, right? Yeah, I would. It's got to be. OK, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't even. So many anniversaries are going on this year. I didn't even think about. But yeah, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the news. Um, so, Peter, you ready to talk to the list? Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Um, so, uh, yeah, Ryan, do me a favor, man. It's list time. So roll the thing. And now for the top five. Um, all right, man, we're back. Uh, Peter, um, this was your list. So why don't you explain to the audience what we were uh, doing this week? Yeah. So this week we are talking about our top five favorite movie posters. And uh, this is a list that I think is really important, but it's not something that I think is talked about enough. You know, like there's definitely classic movie posters that people love and remember, but I don't know that you hear a lot of people talk about like how great some of these things are. So I think it's, it's just a really fun list to go through. Um, there's one specific image that I saw online that actually inspired this list for me. And, uh, I can get into that a little bit later, but, uh, no, I just think this, this will be a fun list. Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts or if you just wanted to jump in. So, I this was interesting because I was totally expecting my list to be literally completely different. <laughs> Um, That's pretty funny. <laughs> now, and the reason I say that is because um, in terms of poster art. So I had a friend of mine who used to work at a movie theater and uh, she used to like 
try and get me movie posters all the time. Um, and I would collect them and I still have, I have a bin full of movie posters. I'm not even entirely sure what's in there. Um, cause I got to go through a lot of it. I want to go through a lot of it and see if there's anything worth like framing and stuff, but they're kept as pristine as possible, like rolled up properly and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. and there's been some really great movie posters over the years and stuff that I've really like gotten excited about and just, you know, just loved the posters. Um, like I had this really amazing Batman poster on my wall for a while, which was literally the Michael Keaton Batman. And he's just, it's him and the costume standing next to the car, but it's, yeah, that doesn't, even, that doesn't even make the cut. You know what I mean? Like it just, I, you know, so I'm going to, I might have to like pull up some of these like pictures just so I can talk about them. I think it's going to be weird to talk about this list because, um, it's an audio podcast, and so people yeah. are play along. And um, <laughs> um, you know, I, and I, I do, I do know that I pick, I've picked a couple really visual categories for top five lists. But at the same time, like I'm a pretty like visual person. Like I'm really into art and stuff. And there's actually certain artists I know who have like podcasts about visual arts and you sit there and listen to people talk about visual things and then you either have to look up what they're talking about or you know what they're talking about or you have to just kind of picture it but i think it works on a level um and i'm just i'm just because of the visual tendencies i have i enjoy it quite a bit but i do understand where you're coming from uh while saying that um with all that being said i have two honorable mentions i don't know if you do real quick before we go, some of mine are incredibly subtle posters. Yeah, like, subtle, that's not, a, not a lot of stuff. And the reason I say that is because like Drew Struzan is one of my absolute favorite poster yes. like, artist people. Um, and I expected way more Drew Struzan to be on my list. And it's not. <laughs> OK, so or not, um, I meant to say wild, not wild. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, it's, just, it's it's really interesting. I was like, wow, I was expecting more Drew Struzan. Um, because like Drew Struzan is known for like Star Wars and Back to the Future and yes. the Lost Ark and like all these big name posters. And then you th- and then you look at like the Avengers Endgame poster and you know that they wanted Drew Struzan to do that poster, but they couldn't get him. Yep. Do you know what well, I mean? Well, that's why I assumed we were going to I, I did assume we were going to be talking about this. I didn't know it was going to be so early, but. Drew Struzan is a he's an amazing artist and he's just known for, yeah, like all the classic Star Wars movies. But he did like Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, like a lot of classic iconic posters. And he especially when you look at those Star Wars uh, image, like those poster images that he painted, a lot of them have this sort of I don't know how to describe it, but it's almost like a collage look where that. It shows a bunch of different characters and they're all kind of painted at different sizes, but they all kind of work into this really cool composition that he'll um, concoct to really display all of the different characters and some of the different scenes or spaceships or whatever goes on in the movie. Um, And he's done stuff as like I'm trying to I don't know what the newest movie that he's actually done posters for, but he did. Um, I know he did the Hellboy films like the Guillermo del Toro, Ron sure. Perlman Hellboy films like he did those posters. And those are some of the newest ones that I know he did. Um, and I know like Stranger Things, for example, has had some very Drew Struzan inspired posters and they've actually done it really well. The one trend that Drew Struzan kind of kicked off, which I kind of uh, 
am not the biggest fan of is like some of those like Marvel posters and stuff like that, where it literally just looks like a photoshopped collage of different characters and images together, because you have to remember Drew Struzan painted all these old, these classic uh, posters by hand. And there was a level of craft that I think I appreciated those in those classic posters a lot more than some of these, you know, photoshopped uh, movie posters. And that's just a bit of a personal preference, but uh, it is an element that's there. And I do think it is really him as an artist. It's really easy to see his impact on the industry uh, and how it's lasted when you do look at those Marvel posters and stuff. And I don't mean to disparage them too much. And uh, sorry to go on such a Drew Struzan rant, but I feel like with the topic at hand, we really do need to address him as like a really important force um, in this topic, you know? Well, I kind of um, trapped you into talking about him now because I know as we talk, um, I didn't want to go in circles about Drew Struzan all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like, man, if we get some of the art stuff out of the way, we can focus on the images <laughs> and the posters and stuff. Because sometimes, sometimes you and I do that. And I was like, you know what? When I was going through my list, I was like, Sometimes Peter and I get tossed on a tangent and it takes forever to go through our list. <laughs> what, if I get, what if I take the biggest tangent we're going to go on and get it out of the way at the beginning and talk about some amazing stuff and knowing <laughs> that we might loop back and say, oh, by the way, it's got the cool Drew Struzan work on it. <laughs> right, know? right, right. No, yeah, that's that's a good call for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you have two honorable mentions. Yes. OK, so what do we got? Oh, you, did you have any or? Oh, yeah, one? no, I got. Yeah, my bad. I got to go, too. <laughs> um, now, before we go, I also want to mention that I'm going to do my best to describe these pictures as I can, because some of these posters, some movies have several posters for the same movie come out. Yes. Yeah, that's that's okay. a, a very good thing to specify um, as well. So I'm uh, some of them like one of mine, for example, there's only one movie poster that came out. So you don't have a choice of saying, you know, I can just say this poster. But like a couple of them, I have to like specifically mention which one. Um, so the first one I'm going to talk about is Kill Bill. Um, I guess I've talked about my love for this movie, but the poster, this specific <laughs> poster is one of my all time absolute favorite posters. Period ever period. I absolutely love it. I actually have this one framed. Um, I honestly just looking for a place to a good place to hang it. Um, but the, um, the picture is basically, it's a close up of Uma Thurman's hand holding yeah. the hilt of the Hattori Hanzo sword and the blade disappears off screen on the sword. Nope. Out of her, out of her fingers, laced through her fingers is like a handkerchief. Uh, from like a wedding, like a wedding handkerchief, and written in very tiny letters on the handkerchief, it says "Bill" in red. And then behind the hand is a kanji symbol, a, a Chinese kanji symbol, and the it's like basically a yellow poster with that right in the middle of it. It mm -hmm. looks absolutely amazing. I absolutely love it. It's one of my just it's all time favorite uh, Kill Bill poster, um, but it's one of my favorite movie posters in general. So. Yeah. yeah, this is a great one. This is one that I was definitely looking at as I was putting my list together. It didn't make my final list, but uh, no, it's a great poster. This is a subtle one. Like it is subtle, but at the same time, it's very iconic, which I like a lot. And it's like it's super yellow. It's super attention grabbing while also being kind of subtle and not necessarily showing too much of the story, you know, just enough to get you interested, which is pretty yeah. great. So. 
Uh, all right, man. First honorable mention. What do you got? Yeah. So my first honorable mention is actually the poster that I saw that inspired this list, which is kind of funny that it's honorable mention, but it's kind of a cheat. And I didn't know it was a cheat at first. And that's why it's an honorable mention. But I follow. So I guess I'll start where I where I discovered this poster. I follow Ralph Bakshi on Twitter, who is the famous animator Ralph Bakshi, who's known for probably most notably is the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings animated film from the, I don't know if it was the eighties or nineties, but I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know which films I'm talking about, but he also did a lot of other films, um, including the animation for the movie cool world, which is, I mean, cool world. I don't know as far as like, is it objectively bad or good? I'm not really sure, but I like it quite a bit. <laughs> you know, it's a very weird uh, film that's pretty divisive. But he shared a poster for cool world one day on Twitter. And uh, it was this really cool image. It was this image of it was basically this image where at the top of the image you have Brad Pitt standing there and it's like a realistic Brad Brad Pitt face and then his body is kind of the sort of gray uh, suit or zoot suit or whatever he wears in the movie. And it's one of those things where as you look down his body, his, uh, you know, his face is very re realistic. And then as you move down his body, he gets more and more cartoony. And uh, he has his arm around the character Holly from uh, Cool World. You know, we all know and love Holly. And then as <laughs> and they're kind of uh, <laughs> we, we all know and love Holly play by <laughs> Uh, that was my way. That was like my hack of trying to get out of describing Holly, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah. um, they, so those two figures are standing there arm in arm and they're kind of faded into the background. But as I mentioned, Brad Pitt, as your eye scans down across the poster, he gets more and more cartoony, more sketchy, more of a he becomes more of a drawing. And they are standing over the sort of uh, buildings of uh, Cool World, which is this crazy cartoony world from that movie. So the buildings look all zany and cartoony, but super de detailed and super awesome. And the bottom of this poster is literally just a bunch of crazy looking cartoon characters doing what they do in that movie, which is being violent and uh, killing each other and just doing really weird, wild and crazy things. And it was just a really cool image from like how it starts at the top as like this realistic image. And as you scan down the poster, it becomes something really cartoony and it gets crazier and crazier as you scan your eye down. And uh, I just loved the image. I was like, this is just a beautiful, like just a really cool image in general. And uh, Ralph Bakshi on Twitter mentioned that it was a poster for the movie. I did a, a little bit of research and found out that it's not like the official movie poster, though. It was an alternate poster for this film. Um, and it was actually it's considered a promo poster, which I don't know if that means it's a movie poster or, or if it was just a poster sold in like stores and stuff like that. But it was just such a cool image. And this is what inspired the this list for me. So I I wanted to give it a shout out, even though I don't know as far as like. If you went to a movie theater when Cool World was out, I don't think this would be the image that was on the wall. Um, because I'm an art nerd, I did look up all the artists for all of the posters that I had mentioned. But this one, because it's kind of a vague, weird promo poster, um, I'm not sure if it if it's a image that Ralph Bakshi did by himself. My other biggest guess is it might be 
done by Barry E. Jackson, who is the artist who did all the backgrounds for Cool World. It kind of looks like Barry E. Jackson's style, so I feel like that might be him. It might be a collaboration between Ralph Bakshi and him. I'm not really sure. If you Google uh, Cool World posters, you should be able to find this image, but it is buried down beneath a lot of other posters. So that's kind of my obscure, vague, weird one that's also really cool that inspired my list. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Um <clears throat> Yeah, the uh, I I realized as you talked through that, like I love that poster. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Oh, um, awesome! That's it's, great it's, to hear. It's funny that you say you kind of popped up and you saw it, and that's what inspired the list because we must have been looking at the same stuff because that recently popped up on my feed too, like a couple of days ago, <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, what?" Um, oh, that's so awesome! You're saying that, so- I'm like. Ralph Bakshi, um, Ralph Bakshi, the animator, he really loves to post that poster on twitter a lot so maybe that's why it popped up for you because he posts it like he'll like just post it and be like have a good weekend and then he just posts that image so i guess he likes the image as much as me i guess but uh no keep going that's awesome um so yeah no i was really like as you were describing i'm like wow peter and i have two completely different lists because like my these are real subtle posters um (laughs) i've got some subtle ones coming up don't worry um yeah uh, so my next one is, uh, Jaws. Awesome. Um, so this is one that like literally you needed to know nothing more about the movie than what the poster gave you to go see that movie. You literally had a girl swimming and then the title of like, it's literally the title above her girl swimming at the surface of the water and the shark coming up from underneath. <laughs> um, Absolutely. That, t- that poster told you everything you needed to know. <laughs> It's one of the most iconic movie posters of all time. It's such a gorgeous physical piece, and it's famous enough that it's gotten several, like, joke T-shirt things. Like, there's one that's paws where it's a cat. I hate that one. <laughs> um, but there's <laughs> – but it's, like, it's become, like, it's become, like, a meme thing, too. So it's just – it's one of the most famous movie posters of all time. I absolutely love that one. I don't have anything to say about it, but, yeah, Jaws. So, no, this this is a classic poster. This is iconic. It's very unlike the super detailed description I just gave of that cool world poster. This is a very simple, straightforward, but it's genius in a lot of ways. Like the poster itself tells you a story and it's really pretty much the story of the first scene of the film. Um, And I just think this is uh, yeah, this is an awesome pick. Like, I love it. I love this poster. It's super memorable. It leaves an impact on you. Um, and there's not much more I can say that you hadn't said, but definitely. an. Awesome I know pick, that's, so. that's the thing. It's a subtle poster. There's not much more you can say. It just, you know, it's what it is. Um, <laughs> all right, man, what do you got? Yeah. So my next one is another cheat because it is not one poster. It's technically a whole series of posters, but this is just a really big recommendation I wanted to put out there. And that is almost the entire series of nightmare on Elm street. If you go back and look at the classic posters for actually looked it up before the uh, show, but it's the first five posters from that series are just really, really cool posters. Like they're all these classic eighties paintings that show, they don't really show anything violent and stuff, but they kind of just show these weird, like hints of Freddy Krueger as well as like different characters of the film. And they're kind of like, it almost looks like they're collaged together um, in like really interesting ways, like almost in like a Drew Struzan way, but mo- maybe more of a 
unexpected sort of um, composition. But I don't I don't know. It's hard to describe. But if you look up the classic Nightmare on Elm Street posters um, and the artist who did these posters is Matthew Jordan or Matthew Joseph Peake. Um, and if you look those up, they're just really good. They're just a really cool feast for your eyes. And they definitely capture the mood of those movies really well. So, uh, yeah, just highly recommend these ones. Yeah, no. And then I know exactly which posters you're talking about. Those are really, really <laughs> awesome. cool. No, those are really cool posters. Like, it, yeah, like I said, dude, I got I'm you know, when I joke to people and they're just like, wow, you're really into movies. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a movie guy. Like, it's yeah, like, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like and I know if you're listening to the show, you know how often I see movies. I've given you my year counts when I've like talked about certain years or like, you know, I'm going to see movies. because I'm always like, hey, I got my ticket for this ticket for that. Um, but I've collected tons of movie posters. Um, I don't have any of the Nightmare on Elm Street ones, but they're those are really cool posters. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. The uh, all right. So my next one, and I'm wondering if we're going to match on any of these. I really think we might match on one specific. Okay. Otherwise, I don't know. But the first one I'm going to talk about is Alien. Um, okay. Made my short list. This okay. is great. Also, such a sh- such a subtle poster. Um, it's just literally, it's a black poster. It's got the title. It's got the egg. It's got a crack in the egg. And it's like got a green glowing light. And literally the tagline on the bottom in space, no one can hear you scream. You don't, you know, everything you need to know about that po- that movie from the poster to go see it. Um, if you're not terrified of the poster, you're at least intrigued by that. What's making you scream? Holy cow, what does that mean? The tagline is probably like the, just the imagery on the poster is amazing. But that tagline alone on the poster is what got everybody's attention, I think, more than anything. Um such a cool poster. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't really know what else to say about it other than it's it's just one of the coolest looking movie posters out there. So, yeah, it's it's the the solitary image of that cracked egg is just really enticing as well as like paired with that um, tagline. It's one of those things where, you know, you're in for something scary, you know, you're in for a creature feature. The poster doesn't give anything else away like it just gives you enough to really intrigue and entice you to watching this movie, which is really awesome. And I think it's one of those things that the poster is so iconic and so attractive in those ways I was just saying. But, um, yeah, I kind of <laughs> it's like kind of. Well, oh, no, what I was going to say is like going into the movie, you might not expect it to be. Because it is, I mean, it's technically a creature feature, but it's technically so much more than that. And you might not even expect the film to be so well thought out. You know, you might not expect the way that the aliens reproduce, you know, with the egg and then the face hugger and the xenomorph that comes from that. Like, it's such a really cool, um, intricate sort of really well thought out just storyline that you might not expect from the poster, too, which is really cool as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, God, it's just a cool, and I literally like started looking up the other alien posters to see if I liked any of the other ones better. No, aliens, the best of the posters. So, awesome. um, anyway, so what's your first actual pick? So my first actual pick, I could keep super short cause I actually went with jaws. Um, I just really, I really love this poster. It's iconic. It tells a story. Uh, the one thing I'd want to mention that we didn't before is that the artist, who did this poster is named Roger Castle. So that's the oh, okay. uh, the illustrator who made the Jaws poster. Nice. I'm glad you looked some of this up. <laughs> I just felt like it's in, in a category like this. I felt like it was important. So, yeah. 
Um, no, I totally hear you on that one. So I appreciate you looking up the art stuff um, or the who did the posters. Um, yeah. So talking about Jaws, my next one, this is another one that's super subtle. Um, this is a poster that you need nothing more from the poster. And you could go and you could do a whole Drew Struzan like look with all the characters. You could go do some crazy art depiction of like an action sequence if you really wanted to. But in all seriousness, there is only one thing you needed on the poster by itself to get the attention. Everyone is seeing this movie regardless. And that is the Batman 89 poster, which is just <laughs> nice. It's the black poster with just the bat symbol on it. You didn't need anything more. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Absolutely. Um, and it's still and it literally is still one of the coolest looking posters there is. So I know that's a short review, but man, you didn't need anything out of it than that. <laughs> no, so. it's it's true because it's simple. I mean, I think the only colors on the poster is like black and like gold. Like, I don't even think it's black and yellow. I think it's black and gold. And it's uh, it's one of those posters that it's it's simple, but it's also iconic and it's kind of timeless in a way because they didn't you know, it's it's just the bat symbol. You're you're given everything you need to know, but it's also just like it's attention grabbing. And like I said, it's timeless, like certain movie posters over time might start to look dated because they follow certain trends and stuff. And this one just kind of kept it to the point and uh, really stands out in that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Batman 89. Uh, did we match on that one? Because I actually thought that was the one we'd match on. No, we actually didn't. Um, okay, All but I do like I, this one. I a figured lot. we were going to match on that one and one other one. Sorry, now that I think about it. One <laughs> Fair other. enough. But I'm saving for the end if I can. But I'll. I understand if you beat me to it. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, um, what's your next pick, man? So my next pick. Um, well, I talked about Nightmare on Elm Street and Jaws, and I think I'm going to keep this horror train going because my next pick is actually the original Halloween movie poster. I feel yeah. like most people listening probably can picture this poster in their head, but it's really just this sort of close up image of Michael Myers hand holding a knife. And it almost looks like it's an action shot, like it's multiple stabs where the knife is stabbing multiple times. But that sort of shape of the hand holding the knife gets repeated. I think it's four or five times, four or five more times uh right next to the original image. And each time it kind of morphs into a jack-o'-lantern shape. And it's one of those things, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you just have to look at the poster to know what it is. But it's just this, it's really simple, but it's really genius in the way that, you know, you're watching a horror movie and you know that there's that sort of uh, repeated knife shape does <laughs> give you the sort of uh feeling of tension that this you're going to witness a lot of stabs in this movie, basically. <laughs> but also this movie is embracing the spirit of Halloween as a holiday. And I feel like it just touches on all the important things that you need to know about this movie before you watch it. And it's just a really, really well done image. And uh, a big like theme with my list is the the movie posters that really stick with you. And I really think this is one that really just sticks in your mind. So that's kind of why I picked it. Um, lastly, the uh, poster was painted by Bob Gleason. So that's the artist who did this one. Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, uh, this poster at all. Um, I don't know the Halloween posters as well as I thought, as I started looking, I mean, they, I'm looking up posters as you like, if I don't know them, I'm looking them up. Um, yeah. 
And uh, the Halloween, like I'm looking up, they look great, but I don't know. I didn't know these images as well as I thought I did when you first mentioned it. So, oh, that's that's crazy. It's it, this is one of those things where I was at a um, funnily enough, a <laughs> one of my friends invited me to like a youth group Halloween, like lock in sort of thing when I was a kid. It's kind of funny because it was a church youth group and we just watched like horror movies <laughs> the whole time with some of the kids who were there um, because we watched out. Yeah, we watched uh, Halloween and we also watched uh, Austin Powers because that was, the you know, that was all the rage, you know, good, good Christian films we were watching at the time. But I remember seeing like the person who brought Halloween to watch it. I remember seeing that movie uh, cover and I felt like I just got a glimpse of it. But that image just stuck in my head for life because it just was like so unique and iconic. So I'm a little bit surprised you weren't familiar with this one, but uh, yeah, no, I just, I just really love this one. So yeah, right on. All right. So my next one for the night, um, this one is, uh, this might shock you a little bit, but it's the movie Titanic. Oh, okay. Nice. All right. So this is a, it literally like, if, if you don't know the poster, you could probably grab your copy of the Blu-ray or DVD, whatever you have. Actually, not the Blu-ray, because I don't think the poster's on the Blu-ray, actually. Um, I have the Blu-ray, but I don't remember if the poster's actually on the cover. Um, the movie poster for this one, um, it's not like a Drew Struzan thing. This is more like legit pictures from the movie. But it's got a picture of um, uh, Kate Winslet and uh, her profile. It's like profile, so she turned to the side. And you got DiCaprio kind of looking down, almost like his head is hanging over her shoulder. And then they're at the top of the poster, like in the clouds, and then coming up between them, the way Jaws is in the Jaws poster, is the sh- is the bow of the ship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the reason I say it like that is because it looks like the ship is dividing them. The way, it, like, it's, yeah. like, in terms of an art form, it looks like the ship is dividing them. And then the tagline on the poster says, nothing on Earth could tear them apart. Um, but in terms of just imagery, it's beautiful. And it's foreshadowing. And it's like an iconic thing. And then you throw in the title alone. When you think about when you look at the imagery and then the tagline by itself and then you read the title, there's almost this like chilling factor of what is this? Um, There is there's a story. uh, It's actually fairly well known that James Cameron's pitch for Titanic was I want to make Romeo and Juliet on this boat. And they said, Mm -hmm. "Okay, go do that. Um, Nice. And knowing how tragic of a story that is and then looking at this poster, it's such a beautiful yet tragic piece of art in a way. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. I love that poster. I always have. Um, and when I started doing research, I was like, oh, my, like I, I almost forgot about Titanic until it popped up when I was like kind of Googling different posters and stuff. And I was like, oh, how did I miss this? Um, so, yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up Titanic. Awesome, awesome poster. So. Yeah, this is this is one that, uh, as you know, I was putting together my list. I, of course, looked at some of the like, you know, 50 best movie posters of all time list. And this is one that came up a lot. And uh, I do like you kind of breaking down the poster because there is a lot of really like kind of hidden meanings you can read into this poster. Like I'm actually I looked it up as you were talking and I'm looking at it right now. And I actually really like how, um, you know, you have. At the top of the poster, you have Jack and uh, Rose sort of embracing each other. But Rose is almost kind of turning away. And it's kind of a cool like hint towards the fact that in the movie, she has more, 
you know, she's engaged and she has this family and stuff that she has her loyalties to. And Jack is more of a no strings attached sort of guy. Like he can be all in on their like, you know, being committed right. to their love or however you want to phrase it. And so I think that's really cool. The only drawback for me with this poster is I just don't think. I think when I saw the poster, when I was like putting my list together, I was like, oh, that is actually a really good poster, but it's not one that like just stuck with me. And I think that's just a personal sure. thing like over the years, but uh, definitely a great pick. It's all sure. right. It's uh, I just it, and I love how threatening <laughs> the ship looks in that poster. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, funny. I never would have I never would have got the uh, Jaws comparison, but it's just so true and just such a funny uh, thing to point out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd say funny, but yeah. Um, <laughs> um, all right, man. What is uh, what's your number three for the night? Yeah, so uh, this one is actually going to take us in less of a serious direction, but I just think this is a really fun poster. And I actually went with the classic um, parody satire film, however you want to phrase it, the classic film Airplane. Um, And if you know (laughs) this movie poster, you know it, but it's essentially an image of a, you know, commercial airplane flying, but the plane is tied in a knot. And it's just this (laughs) painting, drawing, whatever, of a plane tied in a knot. And it looks goofy and it kind of uh, it makes me reminisce about different like political cartoons or Mad Magazine or, you know, that sort of like just parody, like goofy sort of joke comics from back in the day. And that's definitely the vibe they're going for. But it's just it's an iconic image. It's simple. It gets the point across, but it really it just perfectly points out the type of film you're about to watch. And I just love it for that. I don't know what else to say. It's just a perfect image for the movie it's paired with drew. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one. Um, no, this is as soon as you said it, I laughed because I knew exactly the image you're talking about. It's awesome. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, definitely. When you said, I'm going to, I'm going to make you laugh. I thought you were going to say like Freddie got fingered or something like that. Something, like, <laughs> really weird. Um, <laughs> which <laughs> that's such a random deep cut to pick, but yeah, that's, I know that'd be interesting. Um, too. Yeah, no, but airplane, this, this harks back to like airplane makes me think of other movie posters of that ilk, like the naked gun series, for example, it's just like that. It's like the same guy who did that movie did all those movies too. And like the posters are just like just as funny as the films they are. So yeah, no, I totally, this airplane's a phenomenal pick. So uh, I don't know what else to say about it other than like, go look at that image. Cause it's hilarious. Just because I've been doing it, I'll point out, um, I don't know if I mentioned this, the artist who did this, did the airplane uh, poster is Robert Grossman. So there you go. But yeah, it's just a great poster overall. Yeah, right on. Um, So, uh, all right. So my next one for the night is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, (laughs) This is my this is my one and only Drew Struzan pick on my list. Surprise, surprise. but Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I hear you typing away so you could catch Yeah, because I, I knew he did the Indiana Jones, but I got to see, you know, specifically there's, there's which one. There's a couple Raiders ones. Yeah. Are, there's the one where it's like the close-up of him, but I'm specifically mm-hmm. referring to the Raiders of the Lost Ark poster where it's him and the action stance with the whip behind his head. Yeah. Um, and you have all the characters, and you have like the arc at the base and then you have the title at the top, but you have the characters around the sides of him. Yeah. Um, what I love about this poster is it screams adventure. It screams yep. excitement. It tells you this. It tells you a story right away. Even if you don't know who the characters are, you're literally like in and you're like, I want to know who this guy is. I want to like 
you know, you know, like a lot about this character before you start watching the movie. Um, and then it's the it's the amazing Drew Strews and artwork. Um, but this poster, like it just this poster really speaks to me. This is one of my absolute favorite posters of all time. This is one that I'd love to get a framed copy of just to hang up. Um, mm-hmm. But I yeah, this one I absolutely love. And this is a movie and like all the Indiana Jones posters are pretty solid. But this one really just always stands out. This is literally the best one. So I don't know what you got to say about that. But um, yeah, no, I just I love um just the the whole description. And I don't know if this was the like the first poster for this movie. I kind of hope it was because I think it's just a really good poster to introduce the character of Indiana Jones. And I like how you said how this poster just exudes um, the sense of adventure and stuff like that. And I think it's just really it's really enticing in that way. The one thing I was thinking of as you were describing this poster and as I was looking at it is it really looks like it could be a comic book or it could be a pulp novel. And I know Indiana Jones as a franchise is something that really exemplifies that sort of classic adventure film or, you know, adventure story like you would find in like an old pulp novel or comic book. And I kind of think it's kind of like a I don't know if that was purposely done, but I do get that sort of uh, really adventurous, really fun, bombastic sort of vibe from this, which is pretty awesome so yeah yeah it's it's really pulpy too like it actually like it's got an old look to it like an old map absolutely um mm-hmm. and it almost like it, maybe not even an old map but maybe like the paperback to the hard co- the the book you found stuffed like like you were walking yep. through the library and you like found this like old paperback shoved in the back somewhere and you pulled it out and like, what's this? And you start reading and you go on this amazing adventure. Like that's, that's just kind of how it feels. It just feels, I guess, old bookish, which I, I'm a big fan of like old books and stuff too. So like, I don't know, but that's why this, yeah. po- I absolutely love this poster. So yeah, that, those are really good points too. Yeah. It's just a really, it's really cool. Like, I mean, I feel like we're <laughs> retreading ground a little bit, but it is, it really is cool that it feels like, this could be a poster for a movie, but it could be a poster for a book or, you know, something different entirely. And it's really cool in that way. So, yeah, great pick. Um, I didn't pick any Indiana Jones movies, but this is okay. a really good one. So. All right. All right, man. So what's the next one? Oh, man. So, you know, I'll do the original order. I feel like we might match on this, but I went with the original uh star wars poster um and i say star wars you say episode four a new hope the original star wars poster yes and that's why the reason i phrased it star wars is instead of a new hope and correct me if i'm wrong drew but when this movie came out it was just referred to as star wars correct that is correct it was not it was not a new hope it was not episode four until we knew we were getting a sequel absolutely yeah and and that's they changed like it was a theater re-release that they added that in the beginning of the film um, because episode four, five was coming out. The Empire Strikes Back. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I was just honestly looking this poster up so, just so I could describe it better. But uh, the one I'm talking about, it was uh, illustrated by Tom Jung. And it is this really it it's the characters are almost recognizable, but it's this sort of uh, poster where you have. Luke standing on this sort of mound sort of cliff and he's up there with C-3PO, R2-D2 and Princess Leia and he's holding this lightsaber above his head 
and it's kind of has this shimmering star look and in the back faded into the background you see um you know stars and you see x-wings flying and the death star and you also see this sort of image of darth vader's helmet faded into the background and this one actually really similar to the raiders of the lost ark this looks like it could be the poster this looks like this could be the cover for just an old science fiction novel or pulp novel or something like that like it has that classic adventure feel but i just feel like this is a poster that i think i it's kind of funny that i brought this up after raiders because i really get the same feeling where this is a poster for a movie but it kind of just feels like it could be something so much different as far as just a story or a novel or whatever it is. And I like that. I think because the characters aren't necessarily painted in this photo, I mean, they look realistic, but not photorealistic in the way that he was like tracing uh, Mark Hamill's face when he put this poster together or whatever. I think it really uh, engages my imagination in that way, because I look at the poster and I think of these characters being larger than life and i think about the characters of them as opposed to the actors and the actors likenesses if that if that all makes sense um and drew i don't know if we matched on this i don't know if you have any thoughts on this poster i just think it's great it's iconic it really sticks with you it's classic i don't know what else to say (laughs) so this is a perfect so yes it is a classic this is one star wars poster i absolutely love um my next pick is star wars not this one um, okay. And this, is where nice. we need, and this is where we need to talk about how movies have several posters sometimes. And I had a feeling this was coming up, too, because I don't know. if So this poster, I will say, like, Drew, our uncle has uh, like a VHS, an original VHS copy of this movie. And uh, this is the cover that was on his yeah. VHS tape. And yeah. so this is the one that I always thought of as the original. But as far as like at the movie theater, what poster was actually displayed when this movie came out? I'm honestly not sure. I don't know if this is the first I believe, one. You know? I believe the original poster for Star Wars that was in theaters when the movie originally came out was literally it was literally a black backdrop and it said Star Wars coming. <laughs> soon. Okay, nice. Like I'd have to look that up. Um, I, there might have been another tagline in it. Um, I know there was one poster that said a boy, a princess and uh, something else in a galaxy far, far away or something like that. Um, and it was it was very like subtle and ominous. And you're like, I don't even know what this is um, like based off the poster. You had no clue what it was. Um, and this is where like and for the that a first Star Wars movie, A New Hope, there were several like dozens of different posters that came out empire dozens of different posters return of the jedi dozens of different posters every star wars movie that came out so many different posters yeah Um, so i love this poster and it's it's a great call because it's one of the most iconic star wars images um my final pick of the night is specifically a poster from star wars episode one the phantom menace and whether i I think i know which one you're talking about on a whether your opinion, whatever your opinion in the movie is irrelevant. Going into this movie, we knew potentially what we were supposed to get. And there was one poster that, in my opinion, showed us more than anything else. And this is a very subtle, iconic image. And it's literally it's the poster of young Anakin Skywalker on the dunes of Tatooine. And he's got a shadow. And that mm-hmm. shadow is Darth Vader. 
Um, I needed nothing more. You did like they, they literally needed to release no more imagery from the movie. They didn't even need to release a trailer at that point. They just needed to release <laughs> that poster. And I think they had every single one of us sold. Um, I, I know I own a copy of this poster. Um, I have the I have a copy of every or at least a copy. I don't have the actual like posters because those are really expensive. But I have a copy of every theater poster that was released for Star Wars. Um and for episode one, if I was going to go and frame every one, every one of them, they'd be the one oddball poster because this is the one that I would frame to hang. Um, mm-hmm. but like for episode one, like this poster spoke volumes to what we were going to get. It got us excited in a way because we didn't need to know anymore. We didn't need to know about Darth Maul. We didn't need to know about Padme. We didn't need to know about Jar Jar Binks. What we need to know is this little boy somehow grows up to become Darth Vader. And how does that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, because that shadow spoke volumes and you, you knew that it was going to start with a little kid. Okay. We got little kid Anakin. What's that mean? And then you got the shadow on the sand of Darth Vader. Like that's amazing. And it, yeah, I could literally probably go on for another 40 minutes. So I'm going to stop. But, um, yeah, this poster specifically spoke volumes to me and that's why I wanted to save it to the end because of how subtle yet poignant it really was. Yeah, and this is this is another one of the posters. When I did suggest doing this list, I'm actually really glad this came up because even though it it doesn't make my final list, I think it is a great poster. And so I'm actually really glad you brought it up. And it is one of those things like it's really simple, but you see it does this really genius thing because it takes the familiar silhouette of Darth Vader that we know and love or, you know, maybe love is a weird thing to say about the, you know, villain of the original trilogy. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we have that silhouette that we know and we love and we're fond fond of. But then it's presented in a way where it's this little kid's shadow. So we know we're going to be getting this sort of unknown, unbeknownst to us until now sort of history behind this character. And it is it is really beautiful. Um, it's really simple and iconic, but that's what's really great about it. And I think the funny thing about our list with a lot of the picks we have chosen is with movie posters, it kind of seems like less is more, you know, you can pack the kitchen sink like you. And I again, I'm not trying to uh, disparage the Marvel posters, but if you look at the poster for like Infinity, Infinity War or Endgame, like there's just every single character on there and it's insane. Well, um, they're also trying to sell, Hey, every single character is in this. No, no, I, I, oh. I understand that. But at the same time, like it seems like these simple iconic images tend to really stick with people, at least based on our reviews of these different posters. So it's just something, something to keep in mind and something really uh, interesting to think about. So Absolutely. I definitely, this is a great picture though. I really love it's, this one. I agree with you what you're saying. And I know it's just our reviews and to each his own on your own <laughs> stuff like that. Cause through art is, you know, you know, everything's beautiful in the eye of the beholder, all that stuff. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, when it comes to these posters, uh, sometimes subtle is more. Yep. What I mean, like, I don't need to know, like, sometimes the poster just needs to get me excited. Like, the new Spider-Man poster has been floating around the internet like crazy. Looks cool, but the poster doesn't speak to me the way this yeah. one did. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I was going to go see this movie, but when I saw that poster and you realized what the shadow was, it was like, oh, my God. Like, like yeah. you almost fell out of your chair, you know, so... 
I mean, I just keep thinking about like uh, Infinity War and like I kind of feel like, you know, you could also do both. You could do the poster with every single character on there. But what if there was a poster for Infinity War that was simply like a close up of the Infinity Gauntlet with all of the Infinity Stone or yeah, Infinity Stones, except for maybe one that was in there. And then coming out of the corner of the poster, you know, you have Thanos's hand getting ready to put that last infinity stone in, or if there was something, you know, a simple concept like that might get people more excited than, Oh, here's a bunch of characters, you know? And I just think there's also room, you know, almost all the movies we've talked about have had multiple posters. So there's room to do both. You know, you can do the, the poster with the collage of different characters, but I do think the simple iconic stuff tends to be, uh, just really uh, memorable. So just, just throwing this out there. What if the cover, the infinity war poster was a variant of the infinity war cover for the first, for the first, I book? mean, that would be cool it's too. Literally like Thanos's head kind of silhouetted behind the closed fist of the infinity gauntlet. And that's, yeah, there you go. You got let's center poster. And then you could, you, you really don't need to say anything else. You could just say Avengers infinity war and everyone would know what the heck's going on. Um, anyway, yeah, so Star Wars Episode One, that's the pie poster. Um, Peter, what's your final pick of the night? Yes, so speaking of simple and iconic, um, this is a poster that I just think is a really cool, besides it being something that really perfectly exudes the energy that this film gives off, I think it's just a really good kind of piece of art in general. And that poster which is probably no surprise to any listeners of the podcast, but I chose the poster from the original, the original 1978 Superman film. Um, and if you've seen this poster, it's kind of a, it's a close up of some, uh, some clouds up in the sky. They kind of have like a dark, like grayish blue color. And there's this sort of red, white and yellowish, streak of light going across the image, like kind of diagonally across the image and very small in the center of the poster. There's this silver um, kind of icon looking uh, Superman symbol sitting there. And at the bottom of the poster, there is a tagline that says, you'll believe a man can fly. And it, it just it's just kind of cool because it's it's practically besides the Superman symbol, this poster is practically like abstract art. Like it's, it's very simplistic and it's very, it's one of those things where it doesn't give a ton of information, but it gives you the sense of someone flying really fast. And it gives you the sense of hope that you want from a Superman um, movie. And it, it kind of gets your imagination going because of the lack of information. You know, you could have various um, images of like the characters from the movie and stuff, but I just felt feel like this poster is really enticing on this sort of very simple, simplistic sort of abstract imaginative level. And it's one of those things that one of the, this is one of my favorite. This well, I guess this is my favorite because it's the top of my list. But you know what I'm saying. This is one of my favorite yeah. movie posters of all time. But I feel like an important thing to say is I kind of wish more posters were like this nowadays, which I think kind of goes along with the rant I was just saying. But I kind of wish that people thought of movie posters more as pieces of art to get people to come to the movie as opposed to 
showing off the characters and maybe all the toys and products we can sell with the movie and stuff. I think this is just a really cool, iconic, just artistic expression that just really exemplifies the film. Um, since I'll keep my train going, the artist who did this poster is Bob Peak. So if you want to look up any more of his stuff, there you go. Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one. Um, of course, you picked Batman and I picked Superman for our well, favorite posters, but yeah. And, she, and she, uh, what I said about Batman, this is one of those subtle things. Like you didn't need to know much more out of it yep. than what you got on that poster. And with the Superman one, what I love about it is the tagline, you'll believe a man can fly. And sure enough, we saw, we all saw that movie and we all believe a man can fly. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they, it's, 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 it was a perfect tagline because the argument of, Hey, it's Superman. Well, how are we going to, you know, we got to, see Superman fly now, you know, so. And, and I liked that it wasn't like an image of Superman flying, because that could be something that if not done well, it could have been something that kids would be making fun of in the movie theater lobby. You know, it was just it's like this streak of light and it they left it mysterious. So then you're just like, oh, I guess we will believe a man can fly. That's awesome. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that brings us to the end of this list. And we've talked way longer than I thought we were going to. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of news and lots of tangents, and that's all right. Um, Absolutely. So we have um, next week. Um, I know that um, I talked. I made some jokes about uh, Disney films, and you asked what's going on with my favorite Disney films. Picking Snow White and Pinocchio is my least favorite Disney films. Uh, <laughs> we are actually going to do a Disney-centric list next week because um, I was looking back and I realized we've never done this, um, and I'm surprised we haven't done this yet. Um, we did comic book sidekicks the other night or a couple weeks back. Um, and I was going through our lists to make sure that we didn't, I'm not overlapping. Uh, next week we're going to do Disney sidekicks. Interesting. Um, cause I thought that would be really funny to discuss. Like, I don't know if your favorite is Pasquale or, uh, LeFou or, you know what I mean? Like, where are we going to go with this? So, uh, <laughs> uh, Disney sidekicks, I thought that'd be a fun family friendly thing since we're in the holiday, since we're in starting the holiday season. So why not? So let's take a look at some Disney stuff. So let's see where we go. Um, no, this is, this is a really fun list. Um, I'm definitely going to have to go back and, uh, figure out which characters uh, make my list. But I think it's really fun, and I'm really surprised that there's a Disney list that we haven't done yet. So uh, good job there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right. Well, are you ready to toss this episode in the can? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Well, uh, everyone, do us all a favor. Check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Um, you can interact with the show there. Hit us up on our Facebook. Either hit us up on our social media. Either way works. Um, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, um, and Stitcher. Um, you can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because uh, it makes um, us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll reveal that I'm no longer reading movie titles because I want to avoid spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Those titles are just given too much away. I tell some, you. <laughs> some titles, they really are. Is Spider-Man going to get home? I, after three movies, I'm not entirely sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. <laughs>
I'm Peter. And uh, we'll see you next week, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night.